Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Ralph Burns, and we're going to explore a very interesting Facebook ad strategy that has a lot to do with awareness, customer awareness, and how to target people with different kinds of ads based on their level of awareness. I've never quite heard anything like this. I think you're going to find it absolutely fascinating. By the way, if you want to reach me, tag me at Stelzner on Instagram or email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And before we transition over to this week's tip of the week, I just want to say thank you. We are celebrating 10 years as of October 12th, 2019, and we know that a lot of you are listening. As a matter of fact, more than 20 million downloads to this podcast, which just blows my mind, and more than 85 million people have read our blog. So if you're amongst the many, many millions, I just want to say thank you. It's kind of hard for me sometimes when I'm sitting behind this microphone to know what kind of impact that I'm having, but I hear from so many of you on Instagram and many other mediums, and I just want to say I do this because I love it, and I really appreciate your continued patronage, listenership, readership, participation, and all the different things that we do. It means all the world to me, so thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool tool that lets you tweet out your Instagram photos much better than usual. It's called Tweet Photo. Tweet out your Instagram photos. Yeah. Does Instagram allow you to do that natively? Well, yes, but it doesn't look good. So here's the problem. A long time ago in a land far away when the social networks started to say, no, use us instead of them, Twitter started to make it to where if you did the native Instagram posting out where you select the as you post something to Instagram, it would also go to Twitter. The tweet would end up looking like you'd just have the text and then you'd have a link to an Instagram photo. Mm. And that doesn't appeal like that doesn't you know if if it's a photo post it's supposed to be a photo post you know it doesn't work however this tweet photo connects and brings back the magic so you connect your instagram account to it you connect your twitter account to it and then whenever you tweet something the text or i should say the captions within reason because again tweets have 240 character no what's the new limit 280 280 yep i'm good at math trust me uh (laughs) (laughs) it now can get up to that you know chunk of captions the link to the instagram 
the URL for the photo in case people want to click through and actually interact with it over on Instagram. But then it natively brings in as a native photo tweet the photo that you were posting on Instagram. Got it. So it takes the photo, puts it on Twitter, Mm -hmm. takes up to 280 characters of the text, puts it on Twitter, includes a link back to the original Instagram post. And if therefore you want to just push traffic to Instagram, you can do that. Now, does this thing just, is it kind of setting it, forgetting it kind of thing? Or how's that work? No, that's exactly right. Yeah, I I was looking at it and I'm like, okay, so you connect it. And that's the one thing you need to think about is like, maybe you don't want every single photo to go, but I don't know. You know, for me, I'm like, if you're taking the time to curate those magical moments like a lot of people do, or if you're doing quote graphics like a lot of people do, you don't really mind, hey, what's one extra tweet that actually shows the visual and gives people a link back to your Instagram where you're trying to grow a following. I would imagine it only works on single photos, not carousels and not videos. Yes, that's correct. So in summary, why would you want to do this? Well, again, if you're wanting to say you've got a pretty large following out on Twitter and you want to start growing or call attention and bring people over into your Instagram account, get you know more people following you there, more likes, more Instagram engagement, this would be a quick, easy, set it and forget it tool, like you said, to grow your Instagram following and engagement. Well, and I see it more as a distribution thing really more than anything else. Right. Cause like, why would you want to go over to Instagram if the darn same thing is published on Twitter? It's just another way to get it out to Twitter, isn't it? True. That's also a way for you to get more creative and uh, not just have it be an Instagram growth thing, but have it be a grow your Twitter following. You're actually doing cool things on Instagram. Well, maybe you're not so active on Twitter. Well, (laughs) now you can semi automate some of your tweets. It's free and it's super easy URL to go check it out. It's tweet dot photo. Wow. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for my interview with Ralph Burns. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Ralph Burns. If you don't know who Ralph is, he's the founder of Tier 11, an ad agency focused on providing full service and done-for-you ads for e-commerce and digital product businesses. He's also the co-host of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast, a podcast I strongly recommend. Ralph, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on. So today, Ralph and I are going to explore 
something that I think you're going to find very fascinating. We're going to go through the different phases that customers go through and how we ought to create ads for these various phases of awareness. And we're going to get into that a little bit deeper. But before we go there, Ralph, I know you manage a lot of ads at your agency and I know you help a lot of people manage Mm -hmm. their own ads. What are some of the big mistakes that you see people making when it comes to Facebook ads? I think probably the biggest mistake is people think that Facebook doesn't work and they treat it as maybe Google pay-per-click traffic or organic traffic that you might get through regular organic searches. Facebook is just a completely different animal. I mean, most of the people that are on that platform don't know who you are, which directly relates back to what we're going to be talking about here on the show. But because of that, you have to approach them differently. So I think for most folks, they are running either you know, some kind of Google pay-per-click sort of brand awareness or brand type ads, or they're getting some organic search like a lot of your listeners. But those articles, those pieces of information that you might have on your landing page, on your homepage, might not actually work to traffic that doesn't know who you are. So we have to approach it a little bit differently. And, you know, the levels of awareness is sort of a good place to start because the majority of people are completely unaware of who you are on Facebook, unless you're a well-known brand. So I think that's sort of the biggest thing that we see. And once you sort of crack the code of cold traffic, which is what we sort of always talk about inside Tier 11, you know, if you can crack the code on cold traffic, like how you approach cold traffic to turn them into someone who engages with your brand or your service or your product, and then ideally you cultivate them and bring them into the fold and become lifelong customers, if you can do that, Facebook is just the most tremendously effective ad platform there is for growing businesses, which is the reason why we, you know, our entire ad agency, uh, that's all we do is just that platform because we think it's so powerful. Well, and if you think about it with Google, there's intent, right? Like you're searching Mm -hmm. for something and you might be with an intention to buy, but with Facebook, nobody goes on there looking for ads, right? They don't. I mean, surprisingly, one of the platforms that is now representing about a billion monthly users, uh, Instagram, people actually do go on Instagram looking for brands. Believe it or not, like 60 to 70% of people discover new brands or users of Instagram on Instagram, which is amazing to me. And then likewise, 60% of those people actually buy So Instagram has become sort of this really interesting, almost shopping platform. And we have certainly seen it, especially in the last three years, I think when when Instagram ads first came out, they really didn't work all that well because people didn't know what to do with them, but now they do. So we've integrated that into our media buying and it's probably about 15 to 20% of our total spend on a monthly basis. So it's becoming more and more important for all brands to make sure your ads are Instagram ready. They speak to that audience maybe a little bit differently, but that's the one exception. On Facebook, typically, you're absolutely right. They're not looking for you specifically. I mean, they don't say, hey, I'll go on Facebook so I can you know, look for something that I probably would need through a Google search or in the old days through the yellow pages. It's just not intent-based. They're there to sort of as, a, as an escape in most cases. But that one exception is Instagram because people escape and they shop at the same time, which is a beautiful thing, especially for an agency that runs Instagram and Facebook ads. So um, yeah, it's an interesting platform and uh, the eyeballs are definitely there, as you know. And a lot of people spend a lot of time there, which is the great opportunity for Facebook ads, right? Because so many people sure. spend so much time almost every day on Facebook 
it is kind of like being in the center of like downtown New York city, right? It's where people go to interact with each other. And it just so happens that you can be there with them, right or wrong. I don't know. Yeah, a hundred percent. In fact, people on average in the U S spend 35 minutes a day on Facebook and 15 minutes a day on Instagram. So I mean, that's 50 minutes just on average. That's all Americans. That's crazy. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, obviously I spend a lot of time on Facebook because we're running ads, but I'm not on there for the social side, but like my wife gets all her news on Facebook. You know, she stays in touch with all many, many, many nieces and nephews, you know, what they're up to. Sometimes she doesn't want to see what they're up to, but that's how she sort of stays in touch with the outside world, with her friends. And she's not alone. So when I look at the average Facebook user, she also buys stuff off Facebook. She buys stuff off Instagram. So she's sort of more of the regular sort of average user as opposed to me. I'm not quite as on there as much, but I do realize the power of the platform. And that's the reason why we like to leverage it with ads. So Excellent. So let's transition into the book Breakthrough Advertising and kind of how it's informed some of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, for sure. This is, and uh, we can leave a link in the show notes for a way to actually get the book. Because if you search for it, it's you're going to be, <laughs> it's going to be some sticker shock, four or five hundred dollars. But we've actually got a link for uh, the guy who actually has the exclusive to it. And I highly recommend you do purchase it. Uh, we have one inside Tier Eleven. We actually did a book club on this book, and the reason why we talk about it a lot on the Perpetual Traffic Podcast and and why we're here today is because it's so relevant, even though I think it was written in the 50s, I always forget exactly what year, it's still relevant today because human nature hasn't changed much. So in Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz, you know, he talks about, and the thing that's in the book that's probably the most famous segment of the book is the five levels of awareness. And these five levels of awareness, he talks about that in relation to direct mail advertising. Mm -hmm. So Remember the day, I barely remember this myself, we're sort of kind of the same age where you'd actually get mail that would sell something and then you would either order it through that mail, that direct mail, or you would order things through like a magazine or direct response advertising through a magazine or through a newspaper. That's how these guys actually ran their ads. And Eugene Schwartz was a very famous copywriter who wrote some of the most famous headlines and ads that you probably you know, you may or may not recognize because they're a little bit dated from the 50s and 60s, but that's how he earned his living is through copywriting and then sort of wrote this book after, you know, years and years of experience, which we're still benefiting from now. So regardless of the medium, whether it's a digital medium, it's Facebook, Instagram advertising in 2019, or it was, you know, I don't even know what magazines were around in the early 50s, I guess, maybe Life magazine. Yeah, I would imagine uh, Life and probably Newsweek. Maybe that was the 70s. I don't even know. But yeah, there was a lot of magazines back when we were kids. And and I know I still get direct mail today. I mean, mostly it's postcards and catalogs. But I would imagine yeah. the kind of stuff he was talking about was different. I don't know. Or was it similar? I think it's sort of, it's similar, but I think it was, think about the mail that you get that is, you obviously say that's junk mail. Right. That was a little bit more novel in the 50s and mm. the 60s. And I think that's the type of direct mail that they're referring to. Regardless, it was advertising. And they would pay for those lists and send these out to, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people with, you know, some kind of targeting, maybe not a whole lot of targeting, maybe based on demographics or zip codes or wherever people lived. But the same principles apply today. Because, I mean, if you think about Facebook ads or just advertising in general, like we sit, we watch TV, 
you know, we now have this great thing that we can actually, you know, we have remote control for recording a show. We can fast forward through the ads. But I was watching the Patriots game on Sunday night. Like there was tons of Chevy ads. I'm like, oh my God, how many more Chevy ads can I possibly see? But <laughs> they've identified the fact that, you know, foot, people who watch football, like men my age, I assume, buy Chevy trucks. Yep. So all it is is like the football game is content and then you have ads wedged between it. Think about Facebook is the same thing. It's just content from your friends, from your nieces and nephews, in my wife's case, with ads in between. And the targeting's obviously a lot better on Facebook and Instagram with the targeting that they have, but it's the same principle. So you have to interrupt people with a message that resonates with them because they're not necessarily looking for your stuff. I ain't looking to buy a Chevy truck anytime soon. So that's very poorly targeted advertising. So I probably won't see that in my newsfeed, but I might see ads for guitars or for sound systems or for you know things that I'm interested in. And that's sort of the difference between the two. But you still have to approach Facebook advertising in a very different way than you do with Google pay-per-click. And we'll talk about that here today in these five levels of awareness. Uh, awareness. So at a high level, before we get into the five levels, you know, what's the premise behind there even being levels of awareness? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it's different ways in which you should be speaking to your prospective customer. So anyone who's on Facebook, there's 2 billion plus active users. There's a billion monthly users on Instagram. Some of them do have overlap. But for the sake of argument, let's say there's 3 billion people that are on both of those platforms. Some of those people are, maybe they have either problems or desires that they either know about, don't know about, or they do know about it. They're just looking for a way in which to solve it. So the five levels of awareness address all those five levels in sort of a systematic way. And Schwartz doesn't say this, but actually one of the best books that interprets Schwartz's understanding of the five levels of awareness and far cheaper book to read, which is Great Leads, which is by Michael Masterson, they actually put a nice spin on this and say, to determine the five levels of awareness, you should ask one question what does my prospect already know? Hmm. So if you can answer that question you, to sort of measure what your prospect knows about what you offer, then you can use the customer awareness level to target and to tailor your ad messaging to what they know. And you know, quite honestly, there might be people that are at all five different levels that are potential users of your product. So you talk to them a little bit differently. And we do that in a system called the Ad Amplifier inside Tier 11, where we have level one through level five. It doesn't exactly correlate with Schwartz's five levels of awareness, but it's very similar. And we talk to people based upon their different levels or depths of engagement on your website or with your Facebook ads or with your Facebook page, or if they're already a buyer or if they added to cart, they viewed a product. We talk to them in different ways based upon their level of commitment and their level of engagement. What does my prospect already know? Tell us about the story of Kleenex. I know that there's yeah. a story you can tell here, so go for it. Yeah, this is a good one. I, I should have looked this up, but I think Schwartz wrote the original ad for Kleenex. So we now know what Kleenex is, but you know, we were talking about this just recently where he said, well, he wrote the ad for Kleenex. So what do you tell people? How do you approach people with the idea of Kleenex if what you're using right now, which is apparently this is what happened way back in the 50s, is that everyone had a handkerchief 
that's how you would actually blow your nose and keep your nose clean or wipe stuff or wipe your brow, whatever it happens to be. So people didn't really have a need for Kleenex. So they were completely unaware of this need because Kleenex was actually positioned as basically stop putting like snots back on your face. I, I forget exactly what, you know, what the, what the pitch was, but it was basically like that, like stop sneezing back at yourself or something like that. So anyway, so the idea was hatched to have a disposable sanitary handkerchief. And so that was the idea. And that's that was targeted to completely unaware audiences. People didn't know they had a problem with, hey, you're regurgitating or you're, you know, you're recycling your germs. You know, right. if you blow your nose and then you blow it again or you let somebody borrow it, which is absolutely disgusting. But, it, you know, they didn't realize <laughs> that they had a problem. Schwartz was referred to as unaware. So they were trying to sell a product to a completely unaware market. So they had to generate that need, generate that desire. And uh, Schwartz did it really effectively. And now we know Kleenex as Kleenex, as opposed to, you know, back in 1947 or 1950 or whenever the campaign was launched, nobody knew what it was. So, and today it's a staple of uh, our everyday life, or at least for most of us or some of us. Yeah. And I would imagine it's a great story for anyone who has a product that no one's ever heard of before, right? Because there's always things like nobody knew they needed an iPhone, right? When it first came out or a smartphone with glass that you could touch the screen, right? Nobody knew they needed... All sorts of things. Like probably nobody knew they needed a refrigerator until somebody decided to figure out how to do that, you know? Yeah. And there's modern day equivalents. So so that's a great like transition into the first stage of the awareness, which is what exactly? Unaware, right? So that is unaware. So these are the people that are using the handkerchiefs but don't know that they actually have a problem with recycling germs. I guess this is our, right. this is the analogy we're going to go with. And by the way, yeah. feel free to pick an alternative one, right? Like, I think we all get that. <laughs> I kind of like this one. The, okay. You know, all right, cool. You, we can use yeah, that recycling one. Recycling your boogers. Yeah. That's a good one. So they don't know. So let's say, let's say that you had something like Kleenex today and mm-hmm. you knew, and it may not be Kleenex, something, you know, that no one knows they have a problem that needs solving in this thing. How in the world do you advertise something like that? you know, at this first stage, it sounds like that might be the hardest part. That's the hardest one. So Schwartz in the book really says uh, on the five levels, what he actually describes it in reverse. So he starts with the people who are most aware, but we're not going to start that way because that's too easy. It's just when we get to that, those are like shooting fish in a barrel, but the unaware audience is the most challenging. And he says, this is the great challenge of the ad man. Of course, you know, all the advertising people were men back then, although tier 11 is like 70% women. And your, your company, I think, is a fair amount of females as well. But the point is, is that he said, if you can actually crack the code on unaware, like that will be the thing for the admin and it will bring him great riches or words to that effect. So it's the toughest one to turn the corner on. And he did it with Kleenex. So typically for this level, this unaware level, they don't realize that they have a problem to solve, like I said. So they might have some frustration. Maybe, you know, the handkerchief thing is kind of getting to them, especially when they got a cold and it's kind of, you know, getting old and gooky and all that sort of stuff and stuff is on it. But they don't really realize that it's a problem as of yet. So they, they're doing something. They don't realize a better way exists. And plus, they don't really have time to think about it. So this was the market that Schwartz went after with Kleenex. So they're looking, not really looking for a solution yet. So, but what the unaware market needs is education. So if I were selling Kleenex 
today and Kleenex didn't exist, I would probably do some kind of educational video that shows someone, you know, blowing their nose and then sort of the after effects of that. We do this with a lot of our customers with just pure education. So we have about eight different video types that we'll use for these first two levels of awareness. And most of them are about education. And, you know, you can educate, you can inform, you can entertain to a certain degree, you can even demonstrate. But mostly this level is all about education. So maybe you, you know, I can see the ad today for Kleenex. It's like, you know, you get the guy blows his nose and then they do like this zoom close up and it goes into the handkerchief and you see yeah, all these microscopic like, germs, right? microscopic germs. And like, you know, like, you know, the ones that we probably see in like household cleaner commercials, that kind of stuff. So, right. and so it's creating sort of this desire, creating this problem or awareness of this problem that they didn't know that existed. So you've got to educate them on that. And maybe the, you know, the after effects of that, you know, all these germs cause all these certain things and all this stuff that could, you know, have a detrimental effect on your life. So you've got to educate people on how to do that. You see this a lot with a lot of different types of advertising. We certainly do use this a fair amount on the top levels, you know, level. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that real quick. Let's pause for a second because some people are thinking there's not very many products on the market that people don't even know what it is like Kleenex, right? But I'm here to say like, there's always an audience that's unaware potentially of any product, no matter how popular it is. Am I right or am I wrong? Absolutely. And, you know, if you look at, if we bring this down to the Facebook ads level, for example, you know, you might have an audience and let's use a different example than Kleenex. We can keep going back to the Kleenex example. It could be virtual reality or something more modern. You know what I mean? Yeah. We we like talking about boogers in the show, apparently. (laughs) No, no, no. let's not do that. But anyway, so for one of our customers, for example, a real world example is that they have a product that it's a, it's a dried green juice. So some people might know that that actually exists, but a lot of people won't. So Let's say we target an audience on Facebook, a cold traffic audience. Let's say it's a million people. So the solution that we're trying to bring to bear is that, you know, this product actually either helps you lose weight, helps you maintain a healthy lifestyle, gives you energy, creates more health and wellness in your life. You know, you get your dose of greens every single day. So our front end are very unaware or even next level problem desire aware audience is that we'll educate them on, in this particular case, these 11 superfoods that just so happen to be contained in this dried green juice that are essential for a better life and for a healthier lifestyle and also have all these other great effects, gives you energy, helps you stay calm and focused and, you know, suppresses your appetite between meals and all these other sorts of things. Well, these 11 superfoods we describe each one and kind of go through each one and talk about it and say at the end, well, now that we've educated you on that, in essence, you know, if you wanted to go out and find all these, you could, you could go to Whole Foods, you could go to the ends of the earth, you could try and find it in a farmer's market, you know, down the street from you. But the point is, is to get all these, you need to actually either eat them individually or better solution is what we have is this dried green juice with these 11 superfoods. So I've sort of taken you all the way through sort of the five levels of awareness there, but the starting point of that is people who are unaware of these 11 superfoods. So you might say, yeah, well, that's great with Kleenex. Like everybody knows what Kleenex is, but I'd be willing to bet that there's a very large portion of the market that's unaware that they have a problem that your product or service 
has a specific solution for it. I don't care what product it is because it's they do exist. So if we look at this one million person audience on Facebook, like you're targeting a million person audience, you might have like a quarter of a million of those people that are cold traffic, completely unaware of who you are, what you do, what your solution is, and they would fall into that bucket. So if you have a million person audience, how are you going to appeal to those types of people? Well, you do it, like I said, with education. You educate them on 11 superfoods, you know, the bacteria that's in your handkerchief, you know, whatever it happens to be. And like what I said is we primarily do that through video and then, you know, turn sort of pivot to a pitch in the last part of the video itself and then send them to a sales page. And that works extremely well for color traffic and, and pulling folks in, especially in those unaware audiences. Okay, so I want to break this down a little bit because you threw out the level two. So level one is yeah. unaware, which means they don't know that they have a problem, right? Or yep. they don't know that they have a desire to solve something that they may not even realize is a problem. The second thing is problem aware. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. uh, I have solar on my roof, okay? Someone mailed me a direct mail, good old-fashioned postcard and said, did you know that you're losing X percent of your electricity by not cleaning the solar panels on your roof? Mm -hmm. I had no clue, right? So... I'm totally unaware that I could be generating more electricity if I just got up on the roof and cleaned those solar panels off. And would that be an example of an unaware audience or would that be a, because I don't know that I have a problem and they revealed to me that I have a problem that I wasn't even aware of because they're dust up on the solar panels. Absolutely. And a great ad for that would actually to show people how to safely clean their solar panels, but then oh, by the way, or here's the technique that works the best right. with it. Or, you know, you can go through all that or you can hire us. I would imagine it was some sort of service to yes, hire them. Yes, it was. It was a quarterly, like, get us on retainer. We'll do it for you. You don't have to get up on your roof and break your neck, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. So in that case, we're not selling solar. We're selling a cleaning solution for solar that you were completely unaware that you had a problem. 100%. That's, that's dead on. So Perfect. Facebook ad would be exactly that. And then, you know, call us for a consult, call to action kind of thing. Perfect. Now, when we get to the problem aware level, which is what you were talking about with this uh, powder juice, green juice stuff, mm -hmm. that's where they know that they want to get healthier, right? Is that so right. the, so that audience is a little more informed when they're at the problem aware level, but they don't know you and they don't know your product, but they do know that there's something about their health that needs to get better. Is that what I'm hearing you say in this example? Exactly. Same as if you know that, all right, maybe from that direct mail piece, you didn't hire that company. Maybe you then shopped around. You're like, now I'm problem aware. Right. I know that I'm losing all these kilowatts or however you sort of, yeah. uh, you know, measure it through solar panels that aren't clean. So I'm going to start shopping around and looking for potential solutions, which is, you know, we're, we're foreshadowing the next level, but anyway, we'll stay in problem aware. So yeah, so absolutely. So for the green juice folks, let's say in that million person cold traffic audience, you probably have the majority of that audience that is problem aware. They know that they're not as healthy as they could be. So, you know, they know they're not getting enough greens every single day. They know that they need to lose weight. They know that they don't have enough energy. So a lot of these things, people know that it exists and they do understand that there is a problem. They just haven't really started to look for it yet. They might have started to gather some information for possible solutions. You know, they might actually sort of meander your way onto your website through a couple of Google search. 
but they're not really ready to evaluate really specific solutions yet. So your approach for these types of people have to be kind of indirect, very similar to the unaware audience that you're still doing a fair amount of education. Now with this, your, your product pitch might actually come a little bit sooner, but the point is, is that you can actually gather the unaware and the problem aware audience with the same exact type of video that I mentioned before. Hey, let's talk about these 11 superfoods and why you need them to live a healthier lifestyle. Those people understand, yeah, I don't live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I eat too much fast food. Yeah, you know, I drink too much or I don't, you know, get enough greens or whatever it happens to be. Those people can be pulled in with the same actual ad creative, which is the reason why educational videos at the top level of your cold traffic funnels work so well. So let's take the example of the 12 ingredients. Like walk us through what that ad actually from your memory, you know, like how is that ad constructed just so people can kind of visualize it in their mind? When we first started working with these guys, this has got to be four plus years ago, we went onto their YouTube channel and we found they had hundreds, just hundreds and hundreds of videos. And a lot of them were really, really good, but none of them really did this sort of end around with the main product where it educated and then pitched. Hmm. And we actually found this as a YouTube video and we cut it down a little bit, had our video team edit it a bit, take out a couple of calls to action and some other sorts of things. But it's actually still running today, Mike. This thing's been running for like four years in various incarnations. What's the storyline of the video? Storyline is it sort of introduces like it's a face to camera video says, you know, it, it's the spokesperson. He says, you know, hey, you know, I'm the guy who's in the, you know, the grocery aisle, like sniffing the garlic and, you know, picking up the oranges and making sure that the cucumbers are, you know, the right feel for my salad. But, you know, I'm also the guy who knows all about these 11 superfoods, which are so important, flash to, you know, him living a healthy lifestyle. He's obviously a good looking guy. He's in good shape talking about, you know, what his lifestyle is like. And the main reason why he lives that great and healthy lifestyle is because of these 11 superfoods. So then he goes into, did you know that, for example, ashwagandha, you know, it cleanses the pineal gland, which basically means that it gives you energy when you need energy, but it helps you relax when you want to go to sleep at night. And then, you know, wheatgrass, it goes into those individual like 11. I don't think he actually goes through all 11. <laughs> the funny thing is we actually go through about five or six. But the point is, is that the five or six each one of the ingredients has a real benefit back to that potentially either unaware or problem aware or potential customer audience. So the benefit is laid out that way. So it's like a, did you know? And they get benefits even if they don't buy the product because they might go out and find that whatever the heck it is, the wheat, wheat grass stuff and just yeah. say, okay, I'm going to go do some research on wheatgrass. Maybe I'll add it to my diet, right? But the point is to make them aware that there is a benefit to some of these foods they may not be familiar with or right. all of them together, right? And then do you lay out the problem like it's a pain in the butt to go to the store and buy all these things? Is that part of the same video or not necessarily? Absolutely. So that sort of comes after the educational component. So you know, there's a couple of incarnations of it, but basically the, the gist is he explains you know, all the ingredients to a certain degree. Some of them we sort of just do quick overlays right. you know, with text and with sort of some visuals. But the point is, is he's sort of talking the whole time. It's more of a talking head video with we refer to as B-roll, which is sort of secondary clips of other things. So they're not just staring at, you know, the spokesperson for the entire time. But this video is five, six minutes long. Mm -hmm. I think the original one was, I think, 11 minutes or 12 minutes. It was really long. Wow. But it had a lot of educational value. So there was a lot of teaching that went through it. 
He actually went through some peer-reviewed articles that show studies on some of these ingredients as well. It was really good, and it still continues to be good. And we, you know, there's other sort of proof back media has covered this specific type of superfood and shows this benefit. And like it's been in Newsweek and it's been in Forbes and it's been in the New York Times. And so there's a lot of social proof in there. Yeah, absolutely. So and then in the end, you say, and by the way, did you know there is a solution that gets you all this stuff in one swoop and it's called powdered green juice or whatever. And you can go here to get it. I mean, is that the gist of it? Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, that's it. It says, you know, you can go out and try and find all these 11 superfoods. You can travel to Argentina. You can go down to your farmer's market. You can go to, you know, buy all this stuff at, at Whole Foods, which is probably going to cost you like hundreds and, you know, dollars. Like we actually figured it out. We actually had one video. It was like, it would cost you $283 to get all these things. Where is instead you can just get it all in one place in this green juice, this powdered green juice. And by the way, it tastes great. So he does a little demo, shows him drinking it, all people, testimonials at the end, people drinking it and saying how great it tastes, which is obviously an important thing when it comes to a powdered juice. That's sort of an objection killer part of it as well. But the point is, is now you're introducing the solution, which is a green juice. Okay, you could do it. You could your solution to all this is to buy all these products. There is now a potential solution, but that's cumbersome and it's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of money. It's going to take, you know, mixing and blenders and all these other sorts of things. Just get it in one spot in this nice little jar. And it tastes great, by the way. So and that's pretty much the pitch. Perfect. So perfect. It goes through it. Yeah. So so far we've covered the unaware audience that doesn't even know they have a problem. And we use the example of my solar panels. And then yep. we've talked about the product aware audience, which is kind of aware, I'm problem aware. I mean, they know they got a problem. They want to be healthier in this particular case, and they're getting educated on this new way to be be healthier. What's the third level? So the third level is solution aware. So these people understand their problem. They know that they have a problem and they also realize that they have options to solve it too. So this is a different group. So this would be in your targeting inside Facebook and that million person audience this might be a couple hundred thousand people. So these are people that are aware of like juicing in our green juice example. So there is actually a targeting for juicing and green juicing and mm. a lot of different variants of it. So you can target those people, but they're very, it's a very small market. You can't build a multi-million dollar business just on that market. It's too small. So you have to use educational videos to go after the unaware and the problem aware market. Because the solution aware market who's aware of just green juice and juicing in general isn't going to get you to where you need to be. We obviously went after them right off the bat, and we still do to this day. But the point is, is that it doesn't encompass the larger part of the market. So somebody in this case, they might be aware of, all right, I've got you know this problem, and I know there is a solution. They're not aware of my solution yet. That's the thing. Hmm. This is like your solar panel guy, like, all right, you were unaware, then you're problem aware. Now you're solution aware. You know that the solution is you can get somebody to clean it for you, or you can, you know, risk death and go up on your roof and try and clean it on your own. So you know that there is a solution to it. Now you might start shopping around for different solutions. So in our video example here, we realize that, yeah, there are other green juices out there, but the blend of the 11 superfoods is unique to this one product. Uh-huh. That's why we hit home on the 11 superfoods and the synergy between all 11 of them and also the taste and everything that goes along with it. Sure. So 
there's market differentiation with the product. It really is different, and it does do all the things that you know he says that it will do uh, as a user of it myself. So anyway, so this solution-oriented market is solution-aware visitor. You know, they might be they might be somebody who's like on your lead gen offer, like they opted in for a lead gen or typed in an online search for your type of solution. Let's just take people that go to conferences, right? You have people that are aware that uh, they need to learn more and they need to uh, like pick up new strategies, and but they may not know they can they can go to a conference to do that, right? And then you have people that go to conferences and they're aware that there are options out there, right? And they just don't know whether which conference to go to. Would that be an example? Hundred percent. In your case, for social media marketing world, so you know, I don't know as if there's too many people out there that are completely unaware that digital exists right. as a as a way in which to actually acquire customers but like that's sort of a bit of a stretch but they might not be aware that one of those potential solutions might be completely unaware that there are conferences you can go to to learn this stuff exactly like what you're saying so right. Right. you have to sort of like how you are selling social media marketing world is a little bit different but you might front end it with you know, looking to grow your business kind of thing, which is a little bit cliched on Facebook, but it's the only yeah. thing that I could think or, of. But. Or looking for a new strategy, right? Like the old Absolutely. stuff isn't working, you know, something along those lines, right? Yeah. Find out from the experts, you know, come and immerse yourself in two, three days of the best marketers on the planet to learn how to grow your business or, you know, yeah. grow your, your marketing uh, group or whatever it happens to be within your individual company, whether it's a business owner, whether it's a CMO, whether it's a frontline social media person, like you can talk to all those different avatars in different ways. Right. They may not have realized that conferences are a way to actually get that knowledge as opposed to just Google searches. So absolutely. So they're unaware of conferences teaching something that they actually need to know to help them grow their business. So I'm thinking right now, like most marketers start at the solution aware level, I'm guessing, right? They just assume the audience knows that they got a problem that needs solving and they just don't know about their product. Is that fair or is that wrong? I would say that's one of the issues. Yeah. So, uh, and that's where it's, it's a bit of a challenge is if you stay in that solution aware market, like I said before, you're not really going to be able to scale. So, like I said, if we're using this sort of you know, fictitious sort of health and wellness, like 1 million person audience, although the health and wellness audience on Facebook in the United States is much bigger than a million. Right. But the point is, is that it's a small portion people that are actually solution aware. So for us as an agency, people hire us to scale their business faster using Facebook and Instagram ads. We can't live in the solution aware market. You know, we, cause we you'll tap it we, out eventually is what you're saying. Yeah. Right? You just tap it out. I mean, you can approach them in a hundred different ways to try and get them interested, but to scale, you're really limiting your growth. And I think that's where people have a big problem back to the original comment. Like, you know, what's the difference between Facebook ads and, you know, Google ads and why Facebook ads don't work. It's typically because people are sort of stuck in that solution aware or even the next level, which is product aware and it's just not big enough to really grow or to really garner a large portion of uh, an audience to uh, be interested in what you have to say. So talk to us about that fourth level, product aware. Tell us more. So product aware prospect, they typically have a pretty good idea of what they need. And they're now considering specific solutions. So, you know, you're trying to turn a qualified lead and hand them over to a sales team like it, this is kind of like those types of people. Like they know that you exist. 
Okay, so in our video example for the the superfood, the powdered superfood or green juice, is once we actually turn or transition to the pitch of, yeah, you can get these 11 superfoods. I've educated you on that. Now you're solution aware. But oh, by the way, that's not the best solution. It's not the most convenient solution. Enter our solution. So suddenly, as soon as they watch that portion of the video, we refer to them as now product aware. Hmm. And for example, our media buyer will target, and this is really genius of her, she will target audiences based on how much they've watched of that video. Because we know that, I think it's a six minute video, at three minutes they've seen the pitch. Hmm. So the people who watch 50% of that video and that we create an audience for them, 50% engagement in their videos, those specific videos, and there's a grouping of them, are going to see a very different message than people who've maybe only watched 25% and haven't seen the pitch. So you can those jump from problem aware to product aware pretty quickly, depending on how much of the video you watch, right? Absolutely. So we'll target that 25% audience with more education in most cases, maybe a different solution. Wait, which 25%? Uh, the ones that made it to the product or ones that did not make it to the product? So if the video is six minutes long, so you're at three minutes, the pitch comes in. I see. So people at who've watched 50% of the video, we know that they are now product aware. Ah. So somebody who's watched 25% of the video has not gotten to that point. They've watched a minute and a half, thereabouts. They haven't seen the product yet. So they're still in the education phase. So we need to target them those people, those 25% video viewers differently than we target the 50% or even the 75% video viewers. So those people so, might get a shorter video to try to get to the product aware quicker, or they might need more problem aware videos to, 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 to stick through the video. Yeah. They might get a variety of different resources. I mean, they could get other educational videos, longer educational videos, shorter educational videos. They could get image ads, which talk about either the 11 superfoods or an offshoot of that. There's another video that we use about six superfoods. So they'll get sort of a recycling of a lot of different types of ads to ultimately push them down so that they are ultimately product aware. And then as soon as they become product aware, then we can start targeting them with ads that are specific to the product that we sell for the customer. So Perfect. if so, that makes sense. Yep. We talked about unaware, problem aware, solution aware, product aware, meaning they know your product. What's the fifth level? Yeah. So most aware is the fifth level. So these are the people that are everyone who comes to social media marketing world every year. Like they know, hmm. hey, I know I'm going to get kick-ass content and I'm going to go and I'm going to invest the couple of days and, and watch as many of these things as I possibly can. They understand. So, so they're, they're already customers. customers. Got it. They're okay. customers. Yeah. Got it. So in the, in the most aware category, you know, there's, there's, we will sort of subdivide these and create lookalike audiences off these customers. Like we'll uh, create audiences that they've purchased more than two products, for example, or they've purchased less than two products, or their average cart value is greater than a hundred or greater than a hundred or less than a hundred. So you can slice and dice this most aware audience a lot on Facebook without getting into too much of the tactics. But the point is, is that they already know who you are. So the way you get them back is you either sell them the same product again, especially if it's consumable, like in the case of our powdered green juice, if you use it every day, you're pretty much going to need a refill. You're going to need another bottle of the stuff in about 30 to 45 days, maybe 30 to 60 days. Right. So for this audience, for those people who have purchased within the last 30 days, 
maybe between 30 and 45 days, we'll show them an ad that you know asks them to either reorder, restock, maybe we give them you know some kind of discount code, so loyalty, as well as immediately as soon as they buy, we might start selling other products that are related to that first product. In this case, this customer has about five different products, which are all relatively similar. They do different things, but they're in the same realm. So we know that if we can target those customers that have purchased the initial product, chances are that they can buy the other products. There's a red juice product. You know, there's a gold juice product. There's a protein product. There's a lot of other things. So these are for upsells, for refills, for reorders, restocking, or just different pitches from your different products. So awesome. These are the, yeah, these are the ones that typically get the highest return on ad spend and are really easy to to pitch. And but to they're sell. smaller audiences, right? Exactly. That's the key. So you want to get those and you want to up the average order value and up the value of those people. Somebody who's come to social media marketing world eight times is very valuable to you as opposed to somebody who's just come once. Right. So you might want to talk to them a little bit differently than the person who's just come that one time. So we try and do that in our ads. And most aware, as Schwartz says, like it's easier to sell these people because they already know who you are and they already realize that your solution is good. So, but it represents a small portion of the market, just like you said. Excellent. Ralph, uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing all your wisdom and insight on this. I know it's been very, very educational for me to understand these various levels of awareness. If people want to discover more about you, where do you want to send them? Yeah, they can go to uh, tier11.com. We actually have, like you'd mentioned in the intro, we've got a done with you program where you can actually learn from our media buyers on a weekly basis, as well as a Facebook group. Uh, These are guys that are spending millions per month in ad spend. So if you want to know what the pros know, this is a great group for you to belong to. And it's called the Ads Accelerator. And uh, you can go to tier11.com forward slash AA and check that out. And that's a way for us to help the world a little bit more, learn about this sort of stuff and teach them about the sorts of things that we talked about here in the show. Quick question, is 11 spelled out or is it the number 11? It Well, either way, you'll actually get to the right spot. But okay, yeah, perfect. We, the actual URL is tier, T-I-E-R, and spell out 11.com. Slash A-A. Slash A-A. Ralph Burns, it. thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You bet, man. And by the way, if you're on an iPhone and you're using the podcast app, you can just kind of scroll up and you'll see links to the show notes socialmediaexaminer.com slash 375. And this does bring us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. My name is Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. And thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking around with us for the last 10 years. See you next week. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.